Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. So there was a moment in this Bucks loss 25-11 to to the Philadelphia Eagles, Steve, that the game could have changed. It was late in the first half, mm-hmm. and Jalen Hurts throws an interception or the ball is intercepted by Devin White, who hasn't had one since the Super Bowl. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's been a while. And he's got the ball in his hands. Uh, He's got touchdown on his mind and nothing but grass in front of him. But you know what? He couldn't run. He couldn't let it go because he's been battling a groin injury and he gutted it out and he played. But in any other day, in any other game throughout his career, that's a pick six and a tie score. But instead, had to run out of bounds, nothing happened. And, of course, the Eagles, which we thought going in were a better football team, they proved it. And I think the Bucks found out just how far they are between where they're at now and the NFC champions. Yeah, I was – look, I, I, I want to say – you know, you, you thought the Bucks had a shot to win, and, and, and you know, they could have. Had Devin White been able to run and return that, that kick? You know, they did turn over the Eagles several times. Yeah. Which, you know, what, it's seven or eight now in the season they've, they've forced in three games? Yeah, seven, I think. Which, yeah. which, is winning, which is winning football when you can do that. Sure. But I, I think this game kind of went exactly as we thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not being able to run the ball. Right. And, at all. and you know they kept trying, but I mean, then Philly's got the best run defense in football. Yes, let's not pretend this is you know facing some average defensive team. Their their defense is legit, top notch. I mean, that's why they oh, won yeah. the Super Bowl last year. Absolutely. But when you can't run the football and you've got a pass rush like the Eagles have, and and in numbers too. I mean, it's not just their front four. You know, no. their reserves are just as good. Um, yeah, you're bringing in Jalen Carter off the bench mm-hmm. for God's sakes. You know, but I, I think the Bucks also did some good things tonight. I, I think, you know, I, there's no moral victories in 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 that, but this is, you know, if not the best team in the NFC, definitely one of them. And you know, you still had your chances in the game. Like you know, had Devin yeah. White been able to return that interception, who knows what the game does? It's a different game. Mm-hmm. I think the crowd gets into it. There was a mm-hmm. lot of Philly fans here. That's no surprise. They travel well, and quite frankly, probably a lot of Bucks fans sold their tickets to this one because it was a, a high ticket game. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, they did things they hadn't done, which is they turned the ball over. Yep. They have not done that until tonight. And Baker Mayfield had an interception. Uh, Rashad White caught a pass, tried to get too much. Uh, ball was knocked out by Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. So they turned it over a couple times. They did get a couple turnovers, as you mentioned, two interceptions, which is rare from Jalen Hurts. He's only done that, I think, not even a handful of times in his career. Um, so that's unusual. What it came down to is this. And, and what I would say going forward, like I understood, and I guess I understand what Dave Canales is trying to do. Uh, and when you're playing a team as explosive as the Eagles, 
you don't want to hand them the ball right back with no time you know, coming off the clock. So they're trying to play a complimentary game, keep their defense fresh, um, and keep Jalen Hurts and those guys off the field. However, when you can't run the ball at all, this is really the second time in three weeks that I felt this way. Um, you're putting your, your quarterback and your offense in a very bad position. You know, third and eight is not a good is not a good down. And they had too many too many negative runs, had too many runs for zero yards. Rashad White, again, uh led the team with fourteen carries, but only had thirty eight yards. And one of those was a twelve yard carry, and I think another one was eight. So if you take those away, you know, you're you're really, you know, got like twelve carries for eighteen yards. That's how bad it was. It was horrible. Uh nobody else carried the ball more than two times. Uh, Sean Tucker carried it twice for just one yard. So here they are at the end of the day, 41 yards rushing on 17 attempts, and the Eagles came into the league, into the game as the number one rush defense at 52 yards, so they bettered that by 11 yards in this game. I am not sold on this run game. I am not sold on this offensive line. Uh, I think that uh, they were exposed today, uh, particularly their center, Robert Hainsey, uh, I think that, you know, Cody Malk, their rookie, got pushed back. I mean, if you saw the safety, that whole side collapsed into the into the end zone. Uh, and this is after Dee Delaney makes an interception at the one-yard line. And they wound up yielding a safety on that play, on the next play. But they want to run the football. And there's got to be like a, a happy medium between getting into an attack mode and just saying we're going to grind out every game. Because if you're going to grind out every game, 11 points is not going to be unusual for this team. You know, they've won with 27 and, and you know, 20-something points now already this season. But most times in the NFL, you've got to score close to 30 points a game to win those games. And if they're going to play this style, they darn well better find a way to run the football. Because that's supposed to be their bread and butter, and it's neither. And so I don't know that if that means you turn Baker loose more on first down, uh, you trust him a little bit more uh, to attack. All Baker Mayfield could talk about after the game, and Todd Bowles for that matter, is how they have to start faster. Well, you know what? It's not easy to start fast if you're second and nine, second and ten. It just isn't. And if you're going to beat your head against that wall on first down, and they do, um, this is a test for Dave Canales and sort of, you know, Todd Bowles understanding that you're you're playing the type of game that leaves you no margin for error. In other words, you almost never can turn the ball over. You almost always have to have a few turnovers to win. It's just too razor thin of a margin. And I know why he does it. I know he doesn't want his defense on the field against against a powerful offense like this. But what did they stop? Right? Did they stop the run? No. Uh, you know, I mean, Swift had 130 yards rushing on just 16 carries. He averaged 8.1 yards a carry. I mean, that is spectacularly bad. You know, Jalen Hurts, who had one of the probably one of his poorer games, still threw for 277 yards. And you know, AJ Brown came out, caught nine for 131. You know, and so. You, you didn't stop any element of this offense, really. 
you kind of hung around, you bend but don't break. The turnovers is what would have made made this even a close score in any any realm at all. Uh, they had five trips inside the red zone. They scored on one of them. Uh, scored a touchdown on one of them. Now the game ended with them, you know, in, inside the twenty, and they were taking a knee. But still, in all, the Eagles left a ton of points off the board, and you're sitting here, you know, a loser by by two touchdowns. So, I think this this offense they got to try to get more out of it, Steve. I, I I don't think you can play, you know. Can you beat bad teams this way? Yeah, they beat two of them. They beat they beat the Minnesota Vikings who haven't won a game, mm-hmm. and they beat and they you know and then they beat the Chicago Bears who are the worst team in football. But the better the upper echelon teams, or even what they're going to see Sunday in New Orleans, I don't think you can play this way. Well, it's what we've talked. You and I have talked about this. I mean, you go into the season with this offense. The offensive line is essentially the same as last year, although what one person's in the same spot. Is that Hainsey? Right. Hainsey, who's the, probably the weakest link right yeah, now. He's the only one in the same spot as last year, and it was a, it was a bad offensive line last year. But it's basically you you've shuffled the deck for mostly. Offensively, right. you've got Edwin's or Evans and Godwin. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, what it. else do you have offensively that you that you know? I mean, that we didn't see. I mean, here's right. the thing: Trey Palmer was Mister mm-hmm. Preseason and even had, mm-hmm. I think, a touchdown in the first game. Didn't see him. Saw a little bit, you know, of uh, some of the other other guys like mm-hmm. Devin Tompkins, who, yeah. who you know he caught a couple balls, but only for six yards. Trey Palmer had one catch for eight. Right. Kate Otten, who dropped a huge pass. He had just one catch for 16. Mm-hmm. They have got to find more playmakers than Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And let me tell you, Mike Evans could have also changed this game. He got off to another bad start. Mm-hmm. He dropped a couple of balls, and I'm not saying they were easy plays because nothing is easy in the NFL, but those are plays he usually makes. And he even said after the game because he wound up you know, with, uh, with five catches for 60 yards, but he had 10 targets. And three of those five catches – came on, you know, the touchdown drive. And, oh, by the way, speaking of catches, how great was the one-handed snag he, he made in the highlight reel uh, catch? Yeah, it, it was incredible. Yeah, he had some ones that you're like, you should have made that. That one, wow. Yeah, really. Like, but the, that, the that's, I mean, that's That's how you know Mike's an elite receiver. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and we've seen it for a, a, a decade now here. No doubt. But – you know, he makes those plays. You just wish that some of the easier ones he should be able to make at a higher level than he does. Yeah, I mean, he's struggled with his hands a little bit. And he, and he has he's had, you know, back in his early days after his rookie year, he did that for one season and uh I thought Todd Munkin kind of coached it out of him and and he's been fine, but uh these two of these first three games we've seen him with drops. You can't have that. It's too hard to get guys open in this league. It's too hard to get protection and to lip ball against that defense, and when the ball's there, especially early in games, that's that's what leads to slow starts because if you make plays like that, now you're talking about three more plays, then six more plays. And before you know it, you're, you're either kicking a field goal or you're, or you're in the end zone. And, you know, that's, that's sort of what's not happened for them early. Um, you know, they just, I mean, look, Chris Godwin finishes with three catches. That shouldn't happen, right? I, I think they're walking a line here between – you know, we don't want to fall far behind because we don't think we're very explosive. But then you play to that narrative, and guess what? You're not very explosive. 
So I don't want to say you got to let Baker bake, but let him turn up the heat to 300 at least once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't have to be a microwave, man, but you're going to have to start faster Um, because, you know, games have momentum. Seasons have momentum. And this will be interesting because now you go from, you know, losing a game that I think most people expected you to lose, but to a huge division game because there's three teams now that have a two and one record in the NFC South, Atlanta and New Orleans. And one of those is a you know, is gonna be three and one after Sunday on a short week. So no matter what happened tonight, I don't think it was unexpected. No, I think but, I think from the the minute the schedule came out. I mean, yeah, I know right. I know the joke is win, 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 but it was really yeah. win, win. Well, the Eagles on Monday night at home, no loss, then win, exactly. Win, you know, um, exactly. You know, losing to the Eagles on Monday night at home. There's not. I mean, like I said, there's no moral victories. But honestly, you know, if you're a Bucks fan, did you expect to win this game? I'm not saying you didn't have a chance. No, I think you hoped to win it. Yeah. I think you yeah. hoped to to be in it a little longer than they were. Yeah. Um, and they were in it, but you know, not to you. Ne- there was never a time when you thought, okay, they're coming back. Like I said, I think the game changed or could have changed when Devin White has the ball and the interception in his hands. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, he could run that in in the end zone. Almost any other game without this groin injury, he he doesn't even try to go out of bounds. He he cuts it back inside. And he scores, and he said as much. You know, he said he said he was in the shower after the game, going, "Why me?" Because he hadn't had an interception in so long. You know, and that's the big rap against him when you look at the Pro Football Focus and all those things. Is while well, he's bad in coverage, well, he was really good in coverage. He did everything right. You know, he watched the quarterback. He got out to his zone. He got out to his spots, and he made the play. And it was just wide one guy to beat. And I think he could have beat him under normal circumstances, but. Um, they're, listen, this is the other thing about this football team, Steve. They're beat up right now. Like, And we've talked about the Achilles heel of this team is the fact that you want to say they're 22, 24 guys are pretty good? I'll give you that. But when you start losing guys, you're in trouble with this team because there's no middle ground here. Like, You've got good veterans, some highly paid veterans, and then behind them you have rookies, and you have guys that – have been here maybe one year but never played. And I'm talking specifically about the secondary. So Carlton Davis was out again with a toe injury. What kind of toe injury? I don't know. A year ago, Jamel Dean had a broken toe, they didn't tell us, and he never did make it back at the end of the year. But with Carlton, could be a turf toe, we don't know. We thought maybe he had a chance to play. He didn't play. Now Zion McCallum looked okay, but then you get Jamel Dean hurt. And he's hurt in several spots, I think, uh, including his shoulder. And so now you're playing D. Delaney, who did have an interception, which is great. But you don't have guys to come up behind these guys at corner, at safety, um, you know, in the D line. They they managed via Vea snaps uh, because he was coming into the game with an injury, and so you know he couldn't play as many snaps. Greg Gaines played a ton. Uh, it's it's just been hard without Kalijah Kansi. And so, you know, this is going to be a story. This is going to be something to watch is, you know, the war of attrition and just, just how much those injuries will start to impact their, their season. 
We'll get more into this game and some special teams issues uh, coming up here in just a second. First, I want to remind you guys, and you know this, it's hurricane season still. We're not out of it yet in Florida, but there's still time to keep the power on without breaking the bank, and that's getting solar battery backup power from May Electric Solar. Now, with solar battery backup power, there is no fuel cost, no loud generator noise, no annual maintenance cost. Plus, May Electric Solar offers a 15-year warranty. Solar battery backup can save you hundreds of dollars each month. And if you lose power, a generator could cost you over $2,000 a week just to keep your house running. New solar battery backup systems qualify for a 30% tax credit, or you can add a battery to your existing in-phase solar system. Trust the pros in solar. To learn more about May Electric Solar Battery Backup or to get started, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. You know know what kind of got them in a hole in this game? Uh, and that is their inability to coverage some, cover some punts. And I don't know, like this is a double-edged sword. You want Jake Camarda to kick you out of trouble, and he launched what is yet another career high, <laughs> a 74-yard punt. I don't, even, I don't remember guys ever hitting 74-yard punts, but he did. Uh, unfortunately for him, uh, you know, they gave up a lot of return yards in this game. Um, what was it? Uh, Kobe had uh, one for 52 yards uh, to start the game. And that ended up, you know, with Philadelphia getting in a field, field goal position and such. So sometimes, and they say this, you know, sort of tongue-in-cheek about a guy like myself who marries up that, you know, he's outkicked his coverage. Jake Camarda literally outkicks his coverage. They They cannot – they cannot seem to get more more bodies down there, seventy three yards away. I mean, I mean um, that that punt's impressive, and you watch it. But as a special teams coach and a unit, you cannot outkick your coverage. I mean, when you're playing a team like Philadelphia, who's as good as they are, right? And you know that things have to go pretty well for you that night. You can't lose that special teams battle that way. Uh, uh-uh, you can't. Like, I mean. You gave up almost the whole punt back. I don't Maybe it was 40, 50 yards, whatever the return was. Yeah. You know, so what good did that do you? Beautiful punt looks great. Right. But you've got to get that either higher or kick it shorter or kick it out of bounds. Yeah, which he did one, one, one punt last week. But, mm-hmm. yeah, this so he averaged, and he's going to lead the league in average. He, he averaged 57.5. He had four points, four punts for 230 yards. But his net – 
was 20 yards less. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. 37 is not, not a, a good net. net. No. no, you want to be in the 42, 43 net if you can. Um, now, listen, we're, we're picking nits at this point because I think, you know, of all the things that's wrong with this football team, Jake Kamara is probably down at the bottom, but uh, it is an element of the game, and it showed up early in the game, you know. And that just kind of showed how they weren't prepared, right? Like, whatever – whatever effort it was going to take to try to compete against the Eagles, they didn't match it, you know? And when you have home field advantage, even though, again, there was a ton of Eagles fans here, you have to be able uh, to kind of take the fight, to get the crowd into it, to get the crowd on your side, you know, and and make some plays early that uh, that they can get excited about. And, and the Bucks didn't do that. I mean, you know, they picked up a first down here and there, but their first, I don't know, four possessions or so didn't net points at all. And and that's what Baker Mayfield was talking about, you know. But I also sensed, and this is going to, I'm telling you, it's going to be something to watch. Um, and Baker has totally bought in, you know, to Dave Canales and is trying to execute what he can. But sometimes you got to let Baker bake. Like the easiest down to throw on isn't third down, even though he came into the game 87% incredible on third down. The easiest down to throw on is first down. Mm-hmm. Because teams are generally going to going to play the run, um, and they're going to definitely play the run against this football team because why? They know Dave Canales wants in the football. That's what he's about. That's what he wants to do. So they're going to challenge Mayfield, you know, to come out and attack. And I think, I think the Bucks need to get in a little bit more attack mode. Maybe trust Baker a little bit. Now he did have, you know, again he had an interception as his first one of the season, and he threw it late. <clears throat> when you throw it late over the middle. That's that's a problem. Godwin was open early, but he just held on to it too long. So okay, he made that mistake. But at the end of the day, um, you got to let him be more aggressive. And I think when they, you know, when they got in a desperate mode and they're kind of hurry up and had a little tempo, that's when Evans climbed the ladder and started making some some circus catches. But but those guys can do that, and you can't finish a game, in my opinion. Now, this is a game you lost, you know, by two touchdowns. How do you finish with Chris Godwin only getting five targets or three catches? How do you finish with, for that matter, when was the last time we saw this, Steve? A quarterback in a game they lost by two touchdowns only had 25 pass attempts. Does that seem kind of low to you? Does that sound like a, a, a team that's trying to get back in the game? No, not at all. 25? I know you want to run the ball. But, jeez. Give him a chance, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got we got a little use and and maybe wrongfully so of, of Brady throwing it fifty five and even sixty times a game. I mean, he led the NFL the last two seasons in in pass attempts with oh well over seven hundred. I'm not suggesting they should do that, but if you're in a game you're going to lose by two touchdowns and only throw it twenty five times and only complete fifteen of those, which is not good, then those fifteen passes. For 146 yards is just not going to win many games. You'd have to have the steel curtain to win games like that. You know, you'd have to have Franco Harris too. And I got news to I've got, I still, and I'm on record as saying this, I'm waiting to see when Rashad White is going to show up. I mean, this is his, not his first year, not his rookie year. This is his second season. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's been starting since the last half of last season. And he has exactly one 100-yard rushing game. 
So it, it, is it the offensive line? Could be on them, sure. But like at some point, the, the players that I've covered at that position, Steve, they show up pretty early, the special ones do, whether it's Warwick Dunn, you know, um, going back to Cadillac Williams, you know, guys that, again, these aren't, aren't guys in Canton, Ohio, but you knew really fast that, oh, wait a minute, we got something here. This guy's this guy's spitting out some hundred yard games now. This guy's special. He's got a little bit of burst. I just don't see it. You're gonna build your offense around a guy that's gonna average less than three yards a carry. And it's not the first time. Now I don't you know, what does that mean? You know, do you do you try to play some other guys? Well yeah, I think so. I think Sean Tucker should get more carries. I think if he can't do it, you try Keyshawn Vaughn if he's on this team. Like, you need production in that position on this team. If that's what, if that's the offense, you've got to have production. And it is on the guys up front. I get that. Um, particularly, and the other thing that was bizarre to me is that their run game, when they run it, it's between the tackles, man. They're not, they're not pressing the perimeter. They're not making teams play the entire field. It's here we come, we're coming downhill, we're going to be physical, try to stop us. And they do. They do stop them regularly. And I don't know why you'd run into the teeth of the Philadelphia Eagles defense inside because that's all they did the whole game. It was bizarre to me. So I don't think the coaches did a very good job. I don't think it was a good game plan. Uh, and again, ten, nine out of ten times, I don't know, 90 out of 100 times, whatever it is, the Eagles are going to win this game because mm-hmm. they're better. They're better, and they know they're better. And their quarterback is a damn good player. And if you notice, when he scrambles, it's to a safe zone and it's for a first down. This guy does not waste his time you know, climbing out of the pocket just to do it. He's very, very um, strategic about it. I thought, I thought Jalen Hurts played a smart game. wasn't his best game. He had a couple of interceptions, but I thought he played a smart game. So here they are, man. They're two and one. Steve, we, we would have all said, they, I think I probably had them one and two. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're not, they're already still over, you know, overreaching what my expectations were. And I think, I think most people said they would probably lose at Minnesota. Yeah. Beat the Bears. Beat Chicago. And, and then lose, lose to Philly. Right. And then, and, and then it's a toss up in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So you figured two and two. For this team would have been about right, you know, mm-hmm. and they got a shot to go three and one. They do, and if they're three and one, they're in terrific shape in the NFC mm-hmm. South because they'll have a tiebreaker over New Orleans. Um, all those teams lost last week, so I mean, there's only three undefeated teams in the NFL through oh, three weeks, and they played one tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and, and listen, it's a it's a big big golf between the team that they played and where, where the Bucks are at. It was interesting, though, that like after the game, uh, Devin White was talking about, you know, his interception and other things. He said, you know, we're going to see the, – they're in our conference. We're going to see these guys again. I think we're going to see these guys again because we're making the playoffs. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> you are? Is this Joe Namath, uh, you know, in Miami? Like, what's going on here? He didn't say I guarantee. He goes, oh, we're making the playoffs. So well, we're going to see them again. You have to think that way. Well, that's but. what I said. You have to think. I mean, you know, players don't sit there and like, I don't think we've got a shot yeah, this I don't year. know if we'll ever see them again. Yeah. No, I mean, you go into every game thinking you're going to win. 
I mean, it was funny because on a night that they honored Rondé Barber, what I remember about that season, of course, Rondé had that great game. Rondé got his um, Pro Football Hall of Fame ring at halftime, and <laughs> he was funny, man. He was, he was like, I, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it now. He goes, I'm paraphrasing. He goes, uh, I really appreciate all the Philly fans coming down here so that I they could watch me get my Hall of Fame ring. It means a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> and they've, the ones that were here were booing them, you know. They're like, ah. So the last guy they wanted to see was Rondy Barber. Unfortunately, he wasn't on the field. But um, what Barber has meant to this franchise, you know, for him to walk out there against the Eagles was cool. And he's had a hell of a week and a hell of really a hell of an off season since he since he got his gold jacket back in August. It's been one thing after the other. But they need more players like him. Like they need they need playmakers. And I'm and I'm concerned about their injuries. I would be concerned if I was a Bucks fan about what their secondary looks like if Jamel Dean. Uh, and Carlton Davis, neither can go, I think you're in trouble. You know. Now, here comes New Orleans, but oh, by the way, they're not going to have Derek Carr for this game, I don't mm-hmm. believe. He is day-to-day, and he has an AC joint in his right shoulder, which is his throwing shoulder. Those aren't injuries that heal very quickly. Like He could play, but I'll tell you what happens, because Jameis Winston had one of these early in his career. And he wouldn't practice until like Friday and he'd practice just a little bit and be saving it for Sunday's game. But then what happens is you go into Sunday's game and yeah, you're out there and that's a boost for your team, but you can't get the oomph on the throw. And so you start turning down throws, which is worse than throwing it to the wrong guy because you know, it's hard to get a guy open in this league. And if they're downfield throws, big explosive plays, and you're checking it because you're not sure you can get it there, then your offense is compromised. And so that's going to be something to watch if and when, you know, their car gets back. But in the meantime, <laughs> isn't life funnier than art? The script writers have it right, man. They never, they never fail. One more time with Jameis Winston against the Buccaneers on Sunday. Well, the NFL showed us at the beginning of this year. It is scripted, so <laughs> we know. Yeah, exactly. I just didn't see Jameis in, in that uh, in that meeting, but I guess he was there. You know, it's kind of like wrestling; they get you every time, even though you know it's scripted. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Wrestling scripted? Uh, shh! Don't tell anybody. Who told you that? Those are those are fighting words in in, uh, in many households. You know that, right? I do know that. Yeah. So I remember as a kid, my dad telling me it was scripted. I was like, "No, it's not." <laughs> Uh, and then we went and saw a match, and they're landing punches a foot away from them. Oh, not making contact. Yeah, I was devastated as a kid. Oh God, <laughs> what do they do? Like, and we, this has gotten off the rails. But yeah. like, do you, do you take like a little tack and scratch your face, so a little blood comes out of it? I think they did. Or? I mean, you know, they're stomping on the ground as the, the punch is supposed to land, except it's about a foot from their face. <laughs> I saw Junkyard Dog and, and others were wrestling. I, I remember it as a kid. I was devastated. I still don't. I'll be honest with you. I still know how those guys get on the top of those ropes and fall down. Because oh. no matter what, when you hit the th- when you hit the canvas like that, whether there's a guy there or not, it's got to hurt like hell. Oh. What <laughs> those bolt. guys? What they put their bodies through? Oh, oh my, my god! Goodness. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like that movie I saw years ago about about the wrestler. I'm trying to think who wouldn't. Guy was uh, nominated for Academy Award, but um, but anyway, we dig. But I digress. <laughs> How about the Cowboys, man? 
Um, Are they the best team in football still? No. What did the shows do today? No. Um, well, Stephen A., you know, started last night with just laughing hysterically. <laughs> and, uh, what, uh, at the Cowboys or his first pitch? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> that that didn't go well. Maybe it's about pitch. as well as the Cowboys game did. He dirted it, right? Oh, yeah. It was 50-cent worthy. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Carly Jepsen worthy, that kind? Yeah, I was getting there. Yep. Mm. <laughs> Philip Bailey worthy? <laughs> I've seen a few of the Rays, too. Um, and it wasn't the 21st of September um, when you talk about Earth, Wind, and Fire. But, yeah, yeah, I didn't see that coming. I mean, it is the NFL, and it's the any given Sunday league, but really you go to Arizona and you let them score on every possession in the first half, and then you go like one for five in the red zone, including an end zone pick. Not good for Dak Prescott. Not a good look at all. And it just goes to show you that, you know, it is such a long season, and there are so many ebbs and flows that, you know, other than the 72 Dolphins, no one gets out of this undefeated. And so, you know, you really you really got to have some luck, you know, and you got to avoid some injuries. And you really I, – I think the first seven, eight weeks is not about separating. It's about finding, hitting your stride. It's about winning games – Sort of like Philadelphia. Philadelphia has not played that great game just yet, right? They haven't had their Miami Dolphins moment, 70 points or whatever. They're getting by. They have new coordinators on both sides of the ball, but they're winning games. But you want to win games while you're getting better. And then, you know, come November, end of November, into December, that's when you want to be playing your best and put together that win streak like the Bucks did when they won eight in a row to win the Super Bowl. So nothing that's happening right now feels like, you know, other than if you're the Chicago Bears, maybe, that you're trending one way or the other. Um, I, I think the best team in the NFC is San Francisco. Uh, I think right now the best team in the AFC is Miami. Um, and I don't I don't know what whether they play defense down there or I don't think it matters because if Tua Tungvaloa is healthy and all that speed that they have and, and you know, McDaniel's calling plays – they, I saw them two years ago when they did joint practices here. They are such a – you can't defend them. You cannot slow them down. Um, so – and not coincidentally, that's, you know, a Mike Shanahan-type offense too that, that they brought from San Francisco. So for me right now in the NFC, I think it's San Francisco. I give them a little slight edge over Philly, although Philly is still one of the most talented rosters in football, not just in the NFC. So it's going to be a race. You know, I, the NFC is still wide open. I think there's, like I said, maybe two to three teams that you say are better than others, but the rest of them are all just kind of in there, you know. And so the Bucks get one more week uh, at New Orleans. Then they have a chance to heal, which is good because they got early injuries. You want to start getting your corners back. You'd like to get Cansey back. Uh, and then they play Detroit at home, I think, after the bye. So the creamsicle game. The Kareem Sickle game. In fact, we saw after the game, they put up on the scoreboard just testing the little uh, uh, signage and stuff. We saw the Kareem Sickles, man. Ooh. They're awesome. We saw current players on the scoreboard in Kareem Sickles, and it's awesome. It's going to be a great day, the throwback day, the whole spiel. So, anyway, not the way the Bucks wanted it to go on Monday Night Football. Only one of two national TV games, unless they're flex late in the season. Um, but. 
they got to bounce back, and they got to bounce back quickly now. Short week. We'll talk top bowls early this morning, 8.30 a.m. i got to get out of here, out of Raymond James Stadium. And, uh, and then it's no days off. They'll be back at work Wednesday in preparation for Jameis Winston and the Saints. I believe it's going to be Jameis Winston. We'll see as the week goes on. So, from Raymond James, thanks for listening. I'm Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times, for Steve Burstick. Have a great day, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.